everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Today we're covering Conjuring 2 with Scott Pedraza. Welcome, Scott. Thank you. Happy to have you here, finally. Yes. Long time listener, first time guest. I'm excited. <laughs> this will begin our BOGO month where you already brought one, so we're giving you a sequel and it's here for free. You might want it, you might not. We'll see as the month goes. We didn't ask if you wanted it. We're just giving it to you anyway. Right? Uh, <laughs> BOGO is all I said. I didn't say great BOGO. I didn't say the best BOGO. I said BOGO. It's like Payless. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Spot on quality. Listen, if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, next week we're here too. <laughs> all right. But before we get into The Conjuring 2, we have to get to know Scott. This is the first time you're on the show. So we always start here. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, this is, it's a hard question. It's kind of like, which is your favorite child? And of course, all parents have a favorite child, so it's fine. Um, but we think, uh, I think The Exorcist is probably like my go-to, but like, I got to give a quick rundown of like my sub categories that like I'm in line with now. So anything kind of like today's movie, except better ones that has a tension of like religious belief versus like secular doubt. Kind of like a couple weeks ago, you guys did the exorcism of Emily Rose. Love that. You know, the witch, even Frankenstein, uh, movies like that. Those always kind of get me excited and challenging. But I also love when uh, we use horror to like express and analyze psychological and sociological trauma of like, you know, us, Get Out, The Babadook, um, Hereditary, Midsommar, all the movies like that, all of Mike Flanagan's movies. But then also I really love like postmodern comedy horror. So Scream, Cabin in the Woods, one that you guys introduced me to that I absolutely loved, Scare Me um, yes. from 2020. Oh my um, God. Absolutely love that. And of course, like Evil Dead and Ready or Not. And that's Evil Dead holds a special place in my heart because about 10 years ago, I was in the Evil Dead musical, which was musical. a great time and, and definitely kind of holds a special place in my heart now. Yes, yes. No, Ready or Not is one of my favorites, and it's better than Knives Out, and I'll die on that hill. I, I will die with you. I will die with you. Thank you. Because it came yes. out, and they were similar enough. People chose sides. I'm like, no, no, no. You're on the wrong side of this. Um, yeah, no. I don't, I don't need a whodunit to tell me whodunit 10 minutes in, because then it's just waiting Listen. until the end of the movie. And that's why I had fun with Where Was Within, because Where Was Within, I was like, it could be a couple people. I, and it took me more than 10 minutes to get it. Yeah. Which is another Josh Rubin-directed film that everybody oh, should yeah. see. It's on Showtime right now, and if you didn't want to pay for it. Yes. With a black lead, by the way. Sam right. Richardson, leading yes. the way he should have been leading his whole career. I was oh, about it. He kills on Veep. I'm so excited for him. Oh my god. I just, he needs more stuff if people don't give him enough. There's something on Apple TV. I think it's, it's not After Party, is it? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'll have to look at that. Apple TV. Look at me shouting out things I've not watched and don't know the names of. But Sam Richardson <laughs> has a show on Apple TV and we should all be checking it out. Including me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Scott, what what tell us? What's your horror origin story? What got you into this craziness? 
You know, it's funny. I, I thought I was alone in this, but then Herod listening to the podcast. So there have been several people who've said this, but uh, my mom <laughs> got me into it. I, I think that she'd kind of been a fan and kind of introduced me, you know, little by little. And by that, I mean, I think I saw The Exorcist when I was seven. So it's good. <laughs> nice, healthy steps. But I specifically remember we were watching uh, uh, American Werewolf in Paris. Uh, there was this amazing jump scare. And my mom's like, okay, don't look, don't look. It's going to be scary. And then she's like, okay, you can look now. And then the jump scare happened. So again, it's just like <laughs> pushing in headfirst into the lava. Um, and that's how that's how I grew to love horror and continue to this day. Good parenting. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. So, okay. Plug any projects or social media so people can follow you at. Um, I have nothing going on in my life, but if you like look, looking at pictures of cute dogs, uh, mostly, you can look at my Instagram, which is just my name, Scott Pedraza, all is one word. Um, and then you can also, um, I'm on Facebook um, and, and altogether not that exciting of a person, but if you love dogs and you love, um, you know, occasional, I don't know, social commentary things, uh, feel free to check it out. Awesome. It's a gorgeous dog though. Oh, <laughs> she's great. She's so great. Mine hasn't burst in the room yet, but she probably will eventually. She's still asleep on the couch. I love when she does it because I hear the door open. I'm like, Prince Haunted or Norma's here. I don't know which <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's get into The Conjuring 2 because I'm sure we have a lot to discuss. So, Scott, what's one of your first thoughts? Oh, I have so many. Um <laughs> Well, you know, I think I think the best place to start is at the beginning um, because they decided to give us all of the movies in one. And the first one is a flashback to Amityville, which, of course, Ed and Lorraine Warren were famously involved with and to this day continues to have a sense of doubt around it about whether it was haunted, whether it was this, that, or the other. But as with everything in this movie, they make a, a ham-fisted gesture to say, no, it was totally legit. And do it in a, let's say, a not-so-amazing way. But we start in Amityville. Okay. Yeah, um, I I had thought about that, too, because, like, except they they do this, especially in this one and the, the third one as well, where they give you a little, like, something at the top, and then they take it away from you and go somewhere else with it. And I'm like, I get that you want to give us something that's unexpected, but, like... I kind of want to watch the first part more than I want to watch the rest of this movie. Like, you know, the third one more so than this one, but still it happens. They, the way they teach us with Amityville is also one of my notes because I'm just like, if you're not going to take us to Amity, stop talking about Amity. Don't be that girl. Just be like, we ain't doing Amity. Here's some other stuff. Because instead they're like Amityville, Amityville, but we can't say Amityville, but Amityville. And then, mm -hmm. but they're even scarier case in London. Like, it's like when your parents feed you that off-brand cereal and they're like, no, it's the same as the good stuff. And you're like, right. no, it's not. It's not. These are, these it... are sugary flakes, not frosted flakes. I can read. <laughs> and then it makes it feel like it's just filler. Like, yeah. In a two-hour and 13-minute movie, you don't need filler. You gotta right. have shit. Okay. Yeah. The length was something. And then we spent so much we spent this amount of time in Amityville, which by the way, I don't know if they actually intended to do this or if they maybe the producers were like, no, we gotta fit Amityville in somewhere because otherwise, blah blah blah. But they it is the most like poorly directed sequence almost of the entire movie. There's a moment where they are sort of mirroring um, DeFeo's kind of murder sequence throughout the house and Lorraine is kind of following suit and they have this like 
Lucille Ball, Harpo Marx, like mirror <laughs> moment that is so terribly mirroring that I'm just like, are they, oh, oh, they're trying to do that, but it actually looks like total garbage. And I feel like that kind of sets the tone for the quality of detail throughout the rest of the film. That's one of my ongoing notes because like the Conjuring universe, the Conjuring movies as a rule are usually really good. The stuff in between, very hit and miss, mostly misses. But like what has happened is they're so busy showing us all these other things they want to do spinoffs for that we don't get to the actual movie. And when we get to the actual movie, we lose sight of it because it's like with the Crooked Man, but the nun, I'm like, I don't care about the nun or the Crooked Man. I, no. I want to see these kids get haunted in London because, like, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, they, I don't, they didn't feel like they had a strong enough, like, main villain when it came to Bill, Billy, let's call him Bill, whatever. Uh, but, he scared but me just more than anybody else. He is kind he of, I mean, he is, like, the least, but he was the scariest part, but we're, we're like, like, oh, never, none. Yeah. I hate the nun. I hate the nun. She could be so cool, but also, like, you've already given her what you've shown your hand. We know she's not going to kill Ed because you have a whole universe built around Ed. <laughs> also, <laughs> like, you're following loosely to their true lives. So he lives to be a sweet old age. So, like, you're right. not building tension here. And she could be so scary if they would just do something else with her. And they won't because they're just like, we we told you this and we're going to do it. I'm like, no, it's not right. It's wrong. Right. No, well, and my problem watching this now, after having, you know, in hindsight, I know this is before that, but like having watched The Nun and then going back and watching this, it makes it make absolutely no sense because now you've established this mythology with The Nun, especially if you're going to continue with her. And then you can, and it's nonsensical. And because like she's supposed to be this demon essentially that has taken on the form of a nun because of to mock their religious convictions but yet in the nun the movie it makes it seem like she is a nun in a nunnery and attack like i it just doesn't make sense the whole idea of the nun feels like that precious baby on drag race who's doing too many accessories and take some of it off it's like some of it off like take off the earrings jasmine take off the earrings what Yeah. It's so true. And that's what I feel like this movie, you know, I think they were like trying to develop this cinematic universe. And they're like, we're going to throw all these characters in here. But like, instead of ending up with the Avengers, they ended up with like Spider-Man 3. And it's just a mess. Yeah. (laughs) Especially Spider-Man 3. (laughs) You know, they they try to weave it in that the nun is is using the old man and the creepy guy or whatever it's called to like distract them. But I, I don't know. It just didn't work. It felt like they forced the nun into it so they would have something for Lorraine to do because they forgot to give her something to do. Because literally Ed is getting his ass kicked by the crooked man and all the other demons in this house. And Lorraine is like, why won't you listen to me? Let's talk about our marriage. I'm like, fuck your marriage. And then she goes to get her Bible. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, my plot line we forgot about. And then she <laughs> runs in. She's like, I know your name, demon. It's like, bitch, like it's... You need to get oh in the God. room where your husband's being beat up. Like, go there. Do that. <laughs> they, they, at some point when they decide to leave and they get to this train where, like, these reel-to-reels drop and suddenly Ed is inspired for some reason to go, what if we played them at different sequences? That was kind of a choppy discussion before maybe they overlap into this magical moment. It was like, it kicked off the third act, which was basically, like, an exposition, ter- like, terror train to hell. Where it's like, okay, we've made this point, and therefore, 
let's talk about the rest of the things that we're going to need to make linear sense of this plot. And we're going to shove it all into this cab ride. So by the time we get there, everything's going to come together. And it's like, well, this sounds like a rewrite. It was very Scooby-Doo. Someone was like, oh, shit, what are we doing? And they were just like sitting around drinking or whatever, watching Scooby-Doo. I was like, we're going to do this. <laughs> That's what's going to be. And then they rip off the mask and it's the nun. Great. Right? Because right? these two have been doing this for decades. Like, I hope they're better detectives than this by now. And so the fact that, like, Fate had to intervene and be like, you've recorded some things, Ed. And Ed had to be like, oh, I'll receive this message. <laughs> I was like... Well, and the fact why did why did she have to like rely upon like you know this flash memory to be like I know the name of it it's blah 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 it's Valak okay but why didn't if you're like a world renowned demonologist why don't you just have like encyclopedic like knowledge of like this person is a profane person who dresses up like a nun to blah 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 oh it's Valak it's like pare it down right where's right? Wikipedia at this point it's still the seventies. No, this is some of that house behavior because house had to go through three different <laughs> suggestions for finding your actual diagnosis. And I'm just like, you should, you should know, you should know. I feel it shouldn't take especially, you three every week. Especially once she gets up to the room at the very end and she like, she knows all the names, all the incarnations and the different, you are Valak, the destroyer, the infantile. I was just like, you okay. Were, you, the mother you of dragons, the, you know, <laughs> the <laughs> And I was like, I need to know all this now. You didn't know it 15 minutes ago. Like, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> Maybe that old age is getting to her now already. <laughs> I don't know how old are they supposed to be? Because in the next one, like, they are, they tried to age them up drastically and it's supposed to be five years later. And I'm just like, um, they were hot in 30 five years ago. How are they powdered <laughs> wig and less hot in later 30s? <laughs> but you're making them stick. Listen, years. I'll take Patrick Wilson at any age, okay? <laughs> The cardigan can't do well, nothing, too. okay? He, he's this gorgeous man. She's this gorgeous woman. And then all of a sudden, they're like, you know, credit sequence. We got to show the real life people. And everyone's like, whoa, okay. Let's talk about this um, uh, for a hot second. Because, you know, that's what I think is like consistent throughout all of these movies. Is that they feel like you... You love Lorraine and Ed so much, and they love each other so much, and you just want to showcase them in the most beautiful pink spotlight of just like, oh, this gorgeous couple. But it's like, people are kind of homely, and, you know, this is Hollywood, and everyone's <laughs> pretty, but, but... Yeah. You've been out and got you two know, goddesses to be these people. We're being a little... Right, right. Yeah. But, I... you know, we got to cast Patrick Wilson in his 25th horror movie <laughs> this decade. But he's I'll great. Keep, I love him. But yeah, I'll keep watching them. But sometimes it's okay to have a normal looking person on screen because, like, that's what has happened. Is you have like you have Lorraine and like Vera's got like the best outfits, and we know the real Lorraine did not. I was dragging her outfits on Clubhouse. Listen, she had that. She had that beehive, and she was working listen, it. Okay. Listen, she was like, "Stay close to heaven. We're dealing with the devil." Oh, um, yes. so, I, <laughs> I just. I don't know. And I also think that they are missing the point and that like the Warrens are complicated characters. So the people who believe everything they did, you have people who don't believe anything they did, and you have people who are in between. Because mm -hmm. like, I've, we all have seen some weird shit we cannot explain. But do we know if these were not grifters? It's still back and forth. That's the discourse. And the discourse is interesting. So when you like put it in as a definite, it's like, okay, I'll go with you on a definite, but also don't just try and like Jesus can't be at the end of it. 
because it got very Jesus heavy. And I was like, ugh. Especially this one got more Jesus-y than I think the other, the first one. And even the third one did. This one got, I was like, whoa. I mean, granted, set Christmas time. So, like, of course, there's Jesus songs happening everywhere, which they made. What was the song they played ever every five seconds? The Elvis uh, song? No, not the Elvis song. The, <laughs> the one where the kids were, the choir was singing the Christmas. Was it Come All You All? Oh, come on, you faithful. I don't know. They made that song real creepy, and I was like, I can't. <laughs> I did clock in when in the sequence where Lorraine was in the room with the nun, and the nun like popped out of the painting. He just happened to have on reel to reel a, a recording of Inishal Shisteo of just like, you know, not like a recording of, you know, something that he right. was, you know, actually recording, but instead he has like this Christian music on a reel to reel. Okay, sure. That's definitely not meant to be. The, um like a, a mood point just you know doesn't make sense it makes no sense it makes no sense while we're while we're sort of talking about the musics and things that we've heard they crammed every british rock pop song they knew of in this decade into this one movie whether or not it was out when this movie was supposed to be taking place yes okay london calling did not come out for another two years until after this movie was set and like i'm not like a hardcore, like, you know, stickler about these things. I'm okay with anachronisms, but this is just clearly an oversight to fit as if, like, there aren't 90 movies that use London Calling as it is. Right? Well, and if that were the only oversight, I would be like, okay, I'll give you one. But it's like, this movie is so sloppy with its use of all the different themes, all the different con- like characters and, and spinoff ideas and all that kind of stuff that it's like, I just spent to uh, over two hours watching you throw spaghetti on the wall to see what stuck. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. Cause like while we're here, I just want to bring up the Elvis in the room because like, I'm not a fan of Elvis. He's a problematic ass man. And he, he had a career and people don't talk about it. Like they romanticize the problematic faves. And I'm just like, I, I get how Elvis would be like, Oh, everybody knew who Elvis was in the seventies still. But also, there are so many other artists we could have used for that moment. Because, like, again, I love looking at Mr. Patrick. Um, I'll watch him do most things. But him pick up the guitar and just think Elvis, it missed me. I <laughs> I was like, leave it. Burn the house down. Take him, demon. Like, let's end the dinner. Yeah, why couldn't he have sung, like, the, the they're in England, sing the Beatles. Like, yes. sing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember the woman was like, the kids loved Elvis and other American pop and rock, but the husband took mm. the records. Because the husband's like around the corner with twins down. And I'm like, but it could have been anybody. It didn't have to be Elvis. There were other musicians of this era. I know there were. Oh, I've yeah. seen the A-tracks and the albums <laughs> the thrift stores. Right. Like, no, but instead we had to take a pause and make like a, like a mid-movie Bollywood moment of like, you know what this horror movie needs? A musical number. I mean, I will listen to Patrick Wilson sing just about any time, anywhere, any place. But I agree. It was like it was it was so obviously cheesy. And you know me, I love cheese. But it was so it was like, does this need to be here? Like No, you know? it was like another moment to like romanticize and like, you know, this this person or this couple and put them up on an even higher pedestal, which is like, we get it. He's perfect. We don't need a musical number for it. No. But again, yeah, no, I mean he's dreamy and he has a great voice <laughs> <laughs> i would have rather him not play the guitar than do that i would rather him get his ass kicked by some other demons because they know they wanted other sequels and spinoffs 
<laughs> Annabelle shows up and then the- <laughs> listen. Like the last Conjury movie is gonna be the Avengers, but it's gonna be everything in their like closet back home coming to kiss their asses. <laughs> and their daughter yes. will finally have lines. Yes. Like she's a prop piece. She's she's set dressing for their home life. This girl had two words and it was in Lorraine's dream in this movie. And you see her coloring and reading and eating around them. And I'm like, stop bringing her in for set pieces. Like <laughs> Truly. Yeah, like she's gonna be the one like filling the effects of this, you know, living in a freaking horror museum for the rest of her life. Maybe give her a little more credence than just pointing and going, "Mommy, what's that?" Right, right. I feel so bad for her because, like, I I've done the whole universe because we did this. We originally watched this first one um, for the podcast on our first Halloween in twenty twenty, and I didn't see nothing, and I was like, "That's creepy. I want to do this." And so I've, I've watched it all twice. I've watched it in the order I found them and I watched it in the order they're supposed to be in the universe. It don't make sense either way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually a good time if it's a conjury movie. The other ones are very hit and miss. Like the first Annabelle, I'm gonna throw hands. Um, I'm, I'm so mad. When we cover Nothing. that, that's the deluxe episode. Everybody set aside two hours when we do Annabelle. So the one thing I will say that I, that made complete sense to me in this movie was when we first meet the girl, the kids, when we switched to England, and the girls are sitting there smoking on the on the step, and the teacher walks up and finds them, and then ends up sending them like get, getting the cigarette and sitting them inside, and then takes a drag of the cigarette and just like stands there for a minute. And I was like, that is the mood, and like <laughs> teachers all around the world are like, I feel you, girl. <laughs> Take your drag of that cigarette. <laughs> I want to know more about these kids and the school because while they were at school, they made a Ouija board and nobody noticed that. And a jacked up Ouija board as it is. Why does it look like a ransom note? Right. <laughs> right. What is her I, I, friend up to? Her friend is chain smoking and making Ouija boards in the back of cereal boxes. Right. That girl has a hard life. I want to know more about her. <laughs> but then, but, but then when she gets like you know possessed by demons, her friend who helped her make a Ouija board is like, "Peace out. We're not friends anymore." You know what is right? I, I'd be like, "Awesome, cool. Let's levitate." I feel Listen. like it. I made this note that any kid that wants to play with a spirit board or Ouija board should make, be forced to watch this movie. But then as soon as I made that note, I was like, "But is that the reason that they're hot? like that's never explained?" So maybe that's not a, an effective course to keep them away from the. I think it was definitely the Ouija board because like everything we've ever seen and like everything I've ever like sensed, it's just like, if you invite the spirits into your house, they're going to show up. Like much like the Cenobites. If you open that box, it's on. And so this girl went to school and they opened up somebody's like old, like kicks box and was like, let's write some letters. Let's see if we can summon Satan. Cause like we have fourth period free and here we are. I think it's that, but I also think it's the kind of like bullshit patriarchal, like non-standard family that it's in the same way of the exorcist. It's like, oh, your dad's not around. You're vulnerable. It's like, no, I mean, you know, they could just be kids trying to make their way through life, you know, or they're, you know, inquisitive about certain things. But it's like, no, because daddy's not at home. You're all, you know, up for grabs with Satan. (laughs) (laughs) I did. But then I also thought, is it the chair? That like creepy ass looking rocking chair, because they they make allusions that that's the chair that the dude died in, but then for some and reason then she like, oh. died in. Right. Well, let's just why keep this she... chair. <laughs> well, who, why would you all, keep that? 
Why? We, and when she knew that he died in it, sorry, that's just bad juju. But then later this, in the post credits, they say she died in it too. Burn that down. Okay, so I get that this is a poor family. I, I too am a poor. I know how to be poor. However, if where I'm staying is haunted and we get it to not be haunted, I'm leaving and I'm leaving the haunted possessions that were there. I don't want yeah. the chair as a memory of the time a demon almost kicked our asses. But then but, the weird thing is they say that like I expected when they said that they brought up the chair, I expected her to be like, "Oh yeah, it was here when we moved in." But no, they say that the dad found the chair at some like antique thrift shop and bought the chair. He found it like a curb or something. Oh yeah, on the curb or something. I don't know. It just felt weird. He brought them like... demons and lift. <laughs> <laughs> he found these demons in Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> He's like, I don't want this family anymore. I'm going to leave a demon in the house and just dip and <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> I, well, I mean, okay, yeah, like, you know, again, no, no shade to poverty, but that house is fucked. I mean, the peeling, the, the place is peeling. There's three foot of standing water in the basement. You're talking about, like, pneumonia, talking about Legionnaire's disease. You're talking about, like, and that's why this kid is looking so pale and disgusting, like a baby Shelly Duvall. I mean... <laughs> No shit, she's like vulnerable. Except, except they got some magical doors that will not be broken into. Every will door not. in that house is like a steel door, even though it looks like it's rotted to like half. <laughs> when that man, when that like two hundred and fifty pound dude coming up with a little baby hatchet can't even like get half of the door open, I'm just like, what is this world we're living in? I don't. What, what is physics? <laughs> And then Veer's like, I'll go in. He's like, no, me. I'm like, dude, you can't. If she can barely fit through that. How are you going to fit through that? Like, <laughs> no, it would have been good if you just saw him stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I am a poor. And I get that, like, especially because this seems to be like a housing project for England. But right. like, we can't have standing water in the basement for that long. Like, that's not a thing you just live with. Like, even if your landlord won't fix that, you would eventually go down in a closet because you have kids upstairs and mold is real. Oh. Yeah, that is not, and it's not cute. And then like, okay, so the cops come eventually, which, you know, take that for what you will, but they come. And the thing, the thing that I clocked this time in watching it is that they go into her room and the one, the one cop clearly holds a rope that is tied to a bed, looking like a restraint. And with kids in the house, and the house is falling apart. There's three feet of standing water in the basement. Like, and then they're like, oh, this is too scary. Oogie boogie. And like, no, get those kids out of the house. Call DCFS. What is going on here? Yeah, as soon as they saw that chair move, they were like, deuces, we got to go. I don't know. I can't help you. Like, we'll write a report. I, I don't think the cops are so worthless. She was like, you should call these people about an exorcism or something. Because mm, it could be anything. <laughs> I don't know how to write a ticket for this. Um, All right. <laughs> it was, it sent me over the edge. Also, they're poor neighbors because this woman and her five kids runs to the neighbors every time a demon appears. And I'm just like, leave your neighbors out. <laughs> I'm so opening my door. Like, no, I will say, I thought for once I was like, okay, because, you know, typically in horror movies, you know, something crazy happens and the parents are like, I must have dreamt that. It must not have been real or, you know. No, she's like, we're getting the fuck out of this place. Leave. Go next she was, door. She was gonna do it and then the dresser threw itself against the door and she was like, oh, outside everybody. <laughs> <laughs> True. She was, she was and ripped you, up board. 
Did movie. anyone else catch who the neighbor was? The actress. She played Siobhan in and uh, uh, Orphan Black. And I was like, you, you know I'm next door to Siobhan. She'll help you out. That's why she looked familiar? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's right. in a whole ton of shit, especially if it's yeah. an American thing set in England. Siobhan's there somewhere. Just look for her. Yeah, it's a bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of already said it, but I have a whole paragraph on it. So I'm going to say it again. The spinoffs they shove into this movie lessen the movie and it makes it longer. I think this movie could have been an hour and a half, hour and 45 and been tighter and scarier because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the things that are actually happening in the story we're supposed to be in are scarier than the cricket man and the nun. For instance, everything in the girl's room is that's so simple. It's so terrifying because you have all this darkness. You have these voices. You have like the old man and you're like, oh, no. And then the cricket man lessens it. <laughs> When that old man was messing with that TV, I nearly had a heart attack. I was like, old white men are creepy as fuck in general. And now there are ghosts <laughs> popping up behind televisions. And I'm not okay with it. <laughs> Everything about that sequence. I was like, this is tension. And then he jumps up on the TV and he's like, my house. I'm like, oh, God, yeah. And then they're like, okay, but do something right. Let's go back to some more of this nun bullshit. <laughs> right. That's I, the thing. I, like, look, James Wan, he's, he, I will say... He's typically really good at setting up a jump scare. I mean, the jump scare of the demon on top of the bureau in the first Conjuring scared the shit out of me. I mean, to this day, that's one of the best jump scares, in my opinion. And this has a lot of those same kind of things going for it. It's just that, like, you can't, like, have a thesis about jump scares and not have, like, a rest of a movie. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. And, and it makes me sad because, like, when he does the jump scares, a lot of it's practicals. A lot of it's practicals. Like, back to the first one with the hands by the woman's shoulder. Because you know it's oh. coming, but you don't know from where. And it's like, and you're like, oh, nope, turn this movie off. Haunted house. Um, <laughs> but, like, here we are, blowing this money on CGI so we can have the crooked man do the least. Do the absolute yeah, least. The moment that that is utilized in the film where the dog, like, turns into the crooked man and then turns into Janet... It like it would have been even more effective if if that had been like the old man standing there and like chased it. That's terrifying. Old white men are terrifying. James Bond. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like they don't understand what they do best, uh, <laughs> which I hate because like this movie again. I enjoy this movie. I know I piss on it a lot, but I enjoy it enough. But like it, I mostly enjoy it because James Wan is good about doing James Wan. And so you're watching all the different parts and pieces and that's why it sticks out and is upsetting when they waste money on something because mm-hmm. at its core, this at its core, this franchise is excelling when it's reminding us that this is based on a truest story. And so it's grounding it and making it as realistic as possible, which is why the first one is the best one. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't, if there was CGI, or there was not nearly as much as the other movies. And it was all hand claps and like people dangling from trees and mm-hmm. like seeing her react to things we can't see. And I'm like, that's terrifying. You being like, we saw a Transformer movie, look what we can make the dog do. It's not terrifying. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm no. curious how much of that is James Wan and how much of that is the studio being like, this is what makes money. We want people want to see crazy shit, you know? If I wanted to yeah. watch Harry Potter, I'd watch Harry Potter. I came here to see some ghosts. <laughs> And I feel like it's never it's never a great sign when you have four writers on a on a script that suddenly I'm like, okay, this like clearly this is um the right. evil works of producers. 
Well, they had to have the 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 writer that's going to go on to do the nun, and they had to have the writer that's going to go on to <laughs> all these stupid spinoffs that they're loving to do. Which I I just yeah. I know, and I wish that I liked. I wish that I liked the Crooked Man, but like in the same re- reason as the Nun doesn't really work that well either. It's because like a character design can't be the entire interesting point of a character. Uh, like otherwise, I just go look at pictures. Like this is a movie. Like these. Right. This is supposed to like somehow represent some kind of fear or embodies you know something that's going to like pull something out of me. But I'm just like, eh, look at that. She's got funny teeth. Like the crooked man feels like that friend that's going through something and tries to make a hat a personality. Right. Right. <laughs> the crooked oh man. The the crooked man is like the knockoff Babadook. Like right. Yes. Right. If you like Babadook, don't like women. We got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. So someone had a note about the doubt. It came yes. way too late in the film. Like, yeah, I completely agree. They should have had that much earlier. We I, the thing that is interesting, in my opinion, about movies about demons or like faith versus you know non-believers or secularism is that there is this tension of like, no, I don't believe in heaven or hell, but what if it's real? And what if I'm wrong? Or, or vice versa, of like, I have this really strong, infallible faith, but what if I'm wrong? And it's that tension that makes things interesting. But they try to introduce this sense of like with um, Franca Patante's character of just like, yeah, but what if she's lying? And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. But that would have been helpful to have 45 minutes ago because I've already seen bite marks on the girl. If I hadn't seen bite marks, I might have been like, maybe she is like just messed up in the head and screwing with things. But it's like, no, like we've already solved this riddle. We're moving on now. And it made me even question, like at the end, when they're convincing Lorraine and Ed that the, that the girl has been lying and she's flipping over tables and stuff. When I saw her flip over that table, I was like, I would love to see a twelve-year-old flip over a table and send it across a damn room. Like, here's my thing how about light that. is that table? <laughs> here's my thing about that. When a woman shows up to show the footage of the one room where the girl trashed stuff, this is after all hell broke out. They just pulled her out of a thing and exercised a demon out of her. And I'm just like. Okay, so yeah, she faked it that day, but this should have just happened tonight and the other time you've been here. And how <laughs> she the hell she fit inside the damn pipe or wall or whatever right. she yeah, was in China. If you wanted to doubt her, it should have been before that. Because after that, you're like an idiot. Like, because you're just like, <laughs> oh yeah, we found her in her room speaking in tongues and I like had to like throw some holy water on her and she smoked. And now that I see that this video, it, it wasn't real. I don't know what to do. So we'll just leave. The church says. And I'm just like, the, on the flip side of that, uh, on the flip side of that, I see her mom, like when they when they tell her, like, ma'am, we think your daughter's faking it. And she's like, no, you're wrong. This is bullshit. Get out of my house. It's like, did, did they not show her the video? We don't see that. But I'm like, it's clear as day. She's doing, she's flipping her own tables. She's bashing her own shit. She's just like, no, you're lying. Get out of my house. Right? Right? Like, we should have instead sat down with the girl to be like, you faked it in this room for what? What is the demon telling you? Speak to me, child. Because <laughs> instead, they're like, we need dramatics. So we're all going to leave and then run back in the rain. <laughs> like, it's a rom-com. And I'm like, no, just just stay. 
And I yeah. love that even though she's okay, even if she was, let's let's go down this rabbit hole. Even if she was faking it, and she, but she's still claiming to hear voices, to talk to herself, to literally have like a different voice that she's using. So you're going to tell her that she's faking it, but you're not going to try and get any other like psychological help in this house. You're not going to try to call nine one one and get. Oh, because it's it's England; they don't have that. But like, anyway, you're not going to get yeah. some. They have something, but it's not nine one one. That's well, clearly the cops have already proven themselves to be useless. True. If you call, if you call a cop, they show you a psychic. <laughs> call a priest, right? <laughs> You just gonna be like, sorry, ma'am, your your daughter's faking it, and you're on your own. Bye. Like, right? <laughs> the church told me to. Yeah, the church made me do it. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't want to participate. Uh. I. It's just the first one is so good, and this one is a look again. I I'm pissing on it, but I I enjoy this enough. Like, it's better than most. It's not great. I wouldn't put it in my top 10, 20. But like, <laughs> I, I think where we're coming from is a frustration that this film could be as good as the first if they just focused it in on what they needed to focus it in on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like all of the movies after the first one have like 45 minutes, which was like trailers for stuff they're going to work on. <laughs> which is why you get so many of these other characters and like, oh yeah, coming soon. I'm like, why don't you focus on this movie? Why don't you just like give me this fucking movie? That's what I paid to see. If I want to see more trailers, I would see another movie after I see this. <laughs> I, I, I'm just really mad. Cause I, we did not need the Crooked Man to have 10 minutes. We did not need the nun to have a whole section and then come back around and somehow be involved in this. They were just throwing shit in it. They were just like, ooh, you know what? The soup could use some potatoes. It's like, well, it's already cooking. It's too late for the potatoes. I'm putting them in anyways, but I can't hear you. (laughs) It really, it it, it like grows out to be like later seasons of American Horror Story. You had the first two or three that were like solid. They they had some issues, but they're solid. Then then, more and more exactly right. It's like, let's throw everything in the kitchen sink in there. Fuck t- loose ends. We're just gonna scare people, and then in the last, you know, episode, we're gonna try to cram three episodes worth and say ta-da, um, and it's all messed up, and everyone leaves, you know, disappointed and sad. But, yeah. but I, but I agree with you that I think, like, in the context of this discussion, like, I'm pulling it apart and shitting on it. But if it, like, you know, if I have it on in the background and I'm eating popcorn and checking my email, like, it's a good time. It's not, you know. It still it's scares not, the shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie. Like those, that old white man scares the shit out of me. That TV, it. that TV jump scare is everything. I mean, it is like per, per pitch perfect for a jump scare. It is. It is James Wan in his finest. And I again, I it's the simple things. And I think that we keep getting away from that because we're like, I got money now. Most of our favorite movies don't have a lot of money. Like yeah. Host 2020, they were on a Zoom. They all had an iPhone. Terrifying as fuck. One um, of my favorites. Listen, listen. Literally, we'll never watch it again because I can't. <laughs> never. It's too no, there's to evil in that movie, for real. <laughs> right? That's the devil's movie. I have to be back. <laughs> but you're right. Like, Money doesn't buy good quality or success. It just yeah. gives you too many avenues to go down. And it's, yeah, it's it really well, and, to the detriment of the movie. And I wonder, you know, I'm wondering if the issues that we're having with this film is more studio involved and granted i don't know i could be completely off but like because every other time i've seen a james wan work it's really great like the first conjuring a malignant 
I don't know if he did any of the spinoffs. If he did, I take my statement back. But like every other thing that I can think of on the top of the my head right saw. now, the first saw, fan, right. it's fantastic. And then and it's very focused. Insidious. It's very linear. Like yeah, it all of those are very what all the issues that we're bringing up does not have the, in those other movies. And so I'm just really wondering if the studio was like, no, you have to include this nun character because we're having this spinoff. I feel like this and the DC movies are him getting his money and giving them their money so he can do what he wants in between. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Possibly. He's like, I'll give you the conjuring, but I'm going to make him malignant. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Any other thoughts before we get into hot takes? I do have one that I think is just like germane to my entire issue with, especially like movies about with demons, um, but particularly with this one because it's just so stupid. Is this like the notion that once you learn a demon's name and you know that they know that you know their name, that you have dominion over them? Which, like, okay, fine. If you want to hold that as like a, a, a through line throughout all demonology, fine. But then why the fuck? Would Valak give you her name in in your bookshelf? By the way, I have this S up here in celebration of that idea. That's for the viewers at home. Is that like why why would she say like oh yeah and we're gonna spell it out all over your fucking house? I'm gonna give you a Caesar so you write it all over your Bible. Like who she was she just being like dangling her like like ha ah, here's some kryptonite. Let's uh, let's see what you do with it, Lorraine. No, yeah, I that wish... doesn't make any fucking logical sense. They should have taken some of that time that we used on stuff we didn't need and spent time explaining that. Like, was that Lorraine's powers? Because, you know, she kind of has, it's hinted that she has visions and supernatural abilities. Is that her doing that and, like, figuring it out through her vision? Or is that the demon trying to tell her? Or is that, like, maybe the goat, that old white dude, trying to tell her that to help him? Like, I don't know. While we're here talking about her powers, I feel like, and I notice this because I keep trying to do Ed and Lorraine's relationship towards the front, and it's not a front situation. We need to know they're married and they're tag team demons. That's all we need to know. I don't care if they're like, you don't listen to me, Ed. You should listen to me more. Please wait for me. Like, have these conversations at home. Right now you're demon hunting. If you can't communicate, you're in trouble. And that's a movie I'll watch too. However, (laughs) (laughs) however, she has the visions and she can see the ghosts and she can sense the presences. And it's just kind of like hot and muscly. And I'm just like, what does he bring to this? Because, I mean, yeah, he'll throw a cross at a demon, but couldn't she do that? Were women not allowed to carry crosses back then? Is it because she can't have pockets because she's a woman? What is happening? And, well, there's, there's an interesting theme happening in this film that they never really touch on again. And we'll see if it ever gets brought up. But like in this movie, they both talk about like their essentially their origin story and hers is that she was in the hospital and saw an angel and no one believed her until ed came along and he believed her and his story is he saw a demon under his bed as a kid and no one believed him until he met lorraine and she believed him so it's interesting that that like angel and demon dichotomy happening in the relationship and i wish they would have played with that a little more instead of what they ended up playing with they give their relationship too much time, especially because we talk to their kid ever. And I'm like, if you want to talk about them, shouldn't your kid have a line? Like, no. But we're going to watch them dance at the end because now it's all over for now. And like, we're going to watch her hold him and be like, I saw your death, Ed. And I'm just like, 
make it spicy or don't talk to me about it. This is two and a half hours, okay? <laughs> two and a half hours. Okay, also, okay, if you saw your partner's death and you know this demon causes that death and your partner paints it just by happenstance and you're just like, oh, I don't know about this. I'd be like, holy shit, how the fuck did you know about this? Burn it, burn that's it all a, down, we're leaving. Right? Right? We are done with the museum. We are done with the demon hunting. We are moving We're changing locations. our names. Our names are now Fred and Wilma. Like right? <laughs> We don't do this anymore. We don't do this anymore. I've shot no, down so many things for less. I'm like, that's too many signs. Without anybody <laughs> painting it. <laughs> I'm just like, we're not doing this. No, but instead she's just like, oh, Ed, I don't know anymore. It's like, no, that's, that's your sign. That's your sign. We're done now. End of movie. End of the Conjuring universe. Good night. But right. no, she's like, no, we're, but then she'd be like, okay, we'll go and look and we'll, we'll meet the family. But if anything looks weird, we're out. And then like five seconds later, she's like, okay, I'm all in. I gotta, you know, I gotta save this world. I gotta bust down this door. This family needs us, Ed. And I'm like, who are you? Who are, don't you have a family? <laughs> don't, don't, don't you have a daughter? Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And when Ed is like trying to, you know, get into the house and he's like, I know what you're saying. I know I'm going to die, but I have to do this. It's like, no, you don't. She's not your daughter. That's not your wife. I mean, it's sad, but you got, you have responsibilities. <laughs> they, they are written in a way that makes you think of like those fifties couples on TV where they have very outdated gender roles and that's just, they're just stuck in them, even though this is the seventies. And mm -hmm. so things are supposed to be getting freer around now. And I don't know if it's because of the Christian moral values are trying to push through this movie sometimes or what. Because I'm like, in the 70s, like, Lorraine, you could be a whole person. You don't have to beg him to listen to you. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but I will say what I did think was cute, actually, was that angel and demon story. That was like, if that was the sum of their relationship conversation in this film, that would have been sufficient. But you're right. Like, if we want to make a, a, you know, marriage story, The Warrens, like, great. Right? A sequel coming to you. Because, like, when they run back to this house and shit's popping off, they waste, like, I don't know, 45 seconds just at the door with, please wait for me, Ed. No, Lorraine, I have to do this. But, Ed, we're a team. I'm like, if you've not been a team this whole time, then just leave him to the demons. Because it's not going to get better. <laughs> no. Yeah, those magical doors and magical windows and magical couches that he couldn't just push over, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and magical curtain rods that can hold a 200-pound man holding a, you know, 60-pound girl. And then, right. you know, when that lets go, this 100-pound woman's going to grab all of them and be able to pull it up. Physics. <laughs> I hate that part. I hate that part so much. because And it's over the window. I don't know if they meant to have him go that far over or what, but he's done. I'm like, oh shit, we're getting concussed at least. And then Lorraine's <laughs> like, no, my love will save us. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, girl, I love you, Vera. No, she would have gone right out the window with him. She would have gone <laughs> over him because she, she would have flown just from <laughs> the shareboards. <laughs> they both would have fallen on that tree. It'd be like a Warren kebab. They would have crushed that girl. <laughs> Why? That'd be the movie. <laughs> That'd be the, the story. End. The Warrens crushed a girl as they all fell through a window. <laughs> well, let's get spicy. We know I've already talked about mine, so <laughs> as we normally happen. Okay, so 
there's something about this movie that even though it only came out in 2016, and we're talking about five or six years now at this point, there's something that feels so old about it. And I don't know, perhaps maybe it is this like sense of like standard gender dynamics that makes it feel especially old, or maybe it's just like the CGI, but something about this movie just feels like it should have been released 10 years earlier. Like it should have been sponsored by like Mountain Dew Code Red. I mean, like we're talking like, it just, it feels like extreme, like sick, like, you know, with the CGI. And so it just, I don't know if like, like we've sort of be gone beyond that into this sort of elevated horror era that we're in now, but everything just feels like 10 years earlier. So that's my hot take. I'm happy you said that because every time I watch this one, I'm like, this was like something I would have seen commercials for on MTV during TRL. Right. Right. Yeah. I can see Carson Daly being like, the cast of Conjuring 2 is here. Talk about the Crooked Man. Like, oh, Carson, why are you this way? Why are you this way? And then, oh my God, Ed comes in with a, like an Ed Hardy t-shirt on. Oh Lorraine's coming in a midriff. Right. <laughs> She's like, I love Christina Aguilera. I love it. Surprises for everybody in the audience today. What? Yes. Joy, I see you calling me out. Because <laughs> I do, in fact, love Christina Aguilera. So it's oh, fine. oh no, I forgot. Sheree Ooh. never do that. <laughs> no, but it feels very that. It feels very much like this will be something we're advertising during Sailor Karaoke tonight for spring break on the TV. <laughs> right. Like the trailer came out before like the second Final Destination movie. Like, yes. you know. It makes me feel younger, which might be why I actually like it. Not because like <laughs> of anything else. I just feel youthful when I watch. Look. That's a, that's a good take. I like that. Yeah, my actual hot take: the movie didn't need to be this long. That it just doesn't. It it does not warrant it. <laughs> it does not warrant it. If you will get punny, it does not need to be this fucking long. What? <laughs> and and that's what really makes me mad. That's what really assaults my teens about this ending being so Christian values. Cause like you made me sit here for two hours and change. And now you're going to be like, I have two guardian angels. I, will that's where I, I lost me there. You lost me there because I'm just like, what, what kind of Hallmark card greeting writing is this ending? Right. Yeah. Right. No. Like, and I, I hate it because the credits, I think the credits are some of the scariest stuff because it's like the tapes that are supposedly real from the actual Warren's footage. And so you're so busy rolling your eyes and talking shit that you miss it. Like, I've never heard all of it. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? Do you, you remember when this it? And it's like, oh, no, I'm missing it. Let me. <laughs> I know. But that's I know, but the, the, There's something about like the, I, I, I'm so glad you brought up the church angle of it too, because this movie is like most things with religion, if you'll pardon my diatribe for a moment, is this like gaslighting effect that it has with you, especially when they meet with the priest about the middle of the movie, like, you know, two hours in. And the priest says something like the church's ability to help people depends on its reputation. It's like, okay, that's saying a lot out of a Catholic priest for one. Um, but two, it's just like, oh, if you just believe this, is, if you believe really hard, this movie's going to be scary. But again, you brought you brought this in way too late. <laughs> and, and one of the things I really, really hate about them forcing that Christian angle 
Because like I, it, it's not needed. We have so many people out here who have seen weird shit and they're not like super hardcore Christians. They're agnostics, they're atheists. They've never thought about it. Like, I think that's part of the reason why certain things like Constantine, like I remember that movie came out and I was like, it's Keanu Reeves just like, I'm over these fucking angels and shit, but I said the people anyways, that's interesting. Cause you have people who know what's going on and they're not like, let me push this pamphlet at you. Have you met my friend Jesus? Because <laughs> when you remove that angle, it's more accessible to everybody else. Cause like, again, like faith is a weird thing and people from all over the country and different countries have different things they're into. And so why would you want to be like, let's pretend we're in the fifties and give you all gender stereotypes and Christian values and Christmas and apple pie. Yeah, it reminded me of coming out of one of those, like, Christian haunted houses that you see, like, pop up around Halloween, where it's like, you go through it, and then the Girl. end, you're in heaven. And yeah, yeah here, here's and the like, Who wants to get saved? Right. Been through many of them in Arkansas. Yep, it's a good time. Um, when you said it, saved, I thought of the Mandy Moore movie, and I went to hunt that down immediately. It's, been it's too so long. good. So I love that movie. I have it on DVD. I, I rewatched it, like a, like, a couple months ago, and it still holds up. It does. I'm not I crashed my van into Jesus. <laughs> it's when she throws the Bible and yo, she's filled with Christ's love. I'm just like, that's a move. That's a move. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. So my hot take is like I've I've hit on this already, but like I find this movie, parts of it specifically, truly terrifying. Like I specifically did not watch this movie until this morning because I told Sheree. I was house-sitting and dog-sitting for my dad last night, which I normally would have watched it last night, but I am not going to watch this movie alone in a new house full of do- big old, like, boxer dogs. No, I, no, 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 no. I was like, I will take my chances and wake up extra early to watch this two-and-a-half-hour movie. So, yes, I find this movie terrifying. But they're just doing – the narrative doesn't work. The, the scariness is there, but the, narr- the narrative does not work because they're trying to do way too much – they need to take notes from the original and just make it much more focused and get out all the bullshit they don't need. Simpler is better. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our thoughts on Conjuring 2. I almost thought there was a, like a subtitle uh, for this, but there's not. It's just the Conjuring 2. They start with a third one, and they start a lot of things with the third one they shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, and that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Listen, we did a review on that one. I think that should count as us covering it. We'll just like attach it to the last Annabelle and be like, twofer. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Uh, Thank you so much, Scott, for joining us. Thank you. It was great. And as always, thank you all for listening. Next week, we'll be covering The Ring 2, not the American one, the original one, which, well, I don't know timeline for when these movies came out, but the one that's not American. correct one. <laughs> I don't know what the date of when it came out was, but uh, yes, we'll be covering that with uh, Jazz and Cat from Girl That's Scary. And that's going to continue our month of BOGO because you bought one with us and you're getting another one. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you again, Scott. Thank you everyone for listening. And as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.